Welcome back to Real Presence Live here on the RPR Network. It is good to be with you today. I'm one of your hosts, Brandon Clark. And I'm Brad Gray. And we are the B-Squad. We are that. And we are enjoying, we, we had a great first hour. I, I mean, we had a great reflection, Brad, on the gospel reading of the day from 1 John, where John is standing there with his two disciples, and, and Jesus walks by and says, Behold the Lamb of God. So we had a reflection on that. We had some Christmas reflections. We just finished up a power interview with Joe McGivney. Mm-hmm. On his book, You're a Miracle, My Story of Alcoholism, Miraculous Healing, and God's Infinite Power and Love. You can find that on Amazon or his website, joemcgivney.com. So if you missed any of that, really want to encourage you to check it out. All right, I'm really excited for this next interview. Yes, sir. And uh, if you're listening right now, this is still Real Presence Live, even though the next guy you're going to hear comes to us at noon central. We have Dr. Ray Grendy from The Doctor Is In. And uh, Brad, we, we basically have our, our own half hour where, you know, I, I mean, the phone lines are always really busy to try to get into yeah. Dr. Ray. So like we get an opportunity gotta, to ask yes. all of our questions. Oh, <laughs> I have quite the catalog to go through here. <laughs> so Dr. Ray, uh, thanks for joining us. My first question here is if a two-year-old swallows a quarter, are they looking for attention or, or what's going on there? I think, uh, I think the child is making a comment on how cheap you are in your allowance. <laughs> Even at two years old. you got to read nonverbal cues, man. <laughs> oh, I love that so much. i got to come up with some more, uh, more insights here on these, what, what they are, these nonverbal cues are. You got any other good tips off, off the bat here? Well, as far as uh, the quarter goes... Uh, you know, you kind of just wait for it to come out the other end, I guess. But most of the time, anyway, you got to sort through it. I mean, I don't know how much a quarter's worth to you to get back. <laughs> Two dimes and a nickel, I think. It's like, it's like change okay, to a well, vending machine. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Dr. That's Ray, a pretty, we, that's we've... a pretty big piece there. Most of them swallow a dime or something. A quarter, that's pretty big. I know. That's why I was like, do we not give her enough attention? Is she like, what, what's going on here? She's never done anything like that. I think she's making a statement. I think the statement is she, she certainly expects to be remunerated for any small thing she does around the house. Well, I mean, it was Christmas Day, Dr. Ray, because she, so she was going to get presents. Is that not enough? You know, the thing about two-year-old girls, they're about one hour away from telling your wife, they're here now. They can take it from here. Thanks, Mom. You did a nice job up to this point. But take care of Dad. He's got about eight more years of middle school to go through. <laughs> uh, I'll sit and reflect on that for a while. So, Dr. Ray, thanks for uh, again for being on with us this morning. Um, for those who haven't listened to The Doctor is In, it, it airs at noon central, 11 mountain time, each day on Real Presence Radio. What are they going to get when they tune in and listen? Several things. If they're a parent or grandparent, they're going to be able to stand stronger against the culture no longer on their side. They will not parent or grandparent in fear. They will be calmer and more confident in what they're doing, even though other people look at them and say, well, you're, you're expecting too much, your standards are too high, you're too strict, etc., etc." Also, I get a lot of questions from parents whose children are raised and left the faith, and we do much that we can to make them not feel so terrible, so guilty, so inept, and so much of a failure because their kids are not embracing the faith at this point. 
So you mentioned Standing Strong. Uh, that's really what we want to talk about today is your book, Standing Strong, Good Discipline Makes Great Teens. Uh, those teenage years, I'm not there. I only have a uh, two-year-old, two-and-a-half-year-old, almost three, and I kind of think that three is going to be just as bad as two, the way things are heading, uh, and I have a nine-month-old. But, Brad, you have some teenagers. I've through it a couple times. i got three of it, well, three basically in it right now, so i got a 16, 14, and 12 is right teetering on the edge there. So, yes, this I'm, uh, I'm eager for all the insights that we're going to gain today. So what do we need to know about teenagers, Dr. Ray? Well, first of all, guys, I'm getting a little suspicious here because, you know, most people would come to the office and have to pay for this. Uh, apparently, you did not get my bill. No, you can invoice it to Real Presence Radio. They're in the uh, right. University of Mary Butler building. I'll get you that address after the show. All righty. Well, if you poll 100 parents, they're going to tell you that, oh, they're nervous about these teen years. They're tricky. The kids can be more disrespectful. Uh, they want more freedom than is good for them. Oh, I just got to weather these teen years. They're so tough. Put me in the minority that says teenagers, by and large, are a pretty fun bunch. They're zestful. They got a lot of energy. And here's the big one. Where you guys are sitting right now, 100 years ago, was there a farm on that spot, you think? Probably. Yeah. Well, there definitely yeah. was farmland. Yeah. Do you think that farmer when his boy turned 14, was talking to his buddies and saying, yeah, my, my kid's a teenager now. I'm not going to get any help from him. You know, he, <laughs> he's, no, he didn't say that. That boy was 14. He was bigger. He was stronger. They didn't, teenager was not even a word they used mm -hmm. back then. So one point I want to make right away quick is this supposed difficulty with teens is more cultural than developmental. Mm. It isn't automatic that when these kids get 14, 15, 16, they're going to become, oh, yeah, mom and dad are lame. Oh, I don't want to be seen with them. Oh, they don't know what they're doing. They're so last week. That's not the way it has to be. And so I deal in the book a lot with putting the parents back in charge in a strong, loving way, not a jackbooted kick the door down. I'm back and I'm, and I'm picked, kid. Mm. So in the book, you're, you go into a bunch of steps of how to form these great teenagers to not be a victim to what seems like an inevitable thing where there's going to be all sorts of rebellion and disrespect and all of that. Can you, can you start to kind of tone, tune us into a little bit of, of how we approach that? Sure. I got one chapter totally on respect because respect can, can if, well, disrespect, gentlemen, can absolutely corrode the relationship. Mm -hmm. When you got a kid who's rolling her eyes at you, or yeah, right, mom. Oh, mom, get with it. That's lame. That's incredible disrespect. Yes. And if you don't think it is, do the same thing to your best friend, your pastor, or your boss, right. and see how they like you. <laughs> so, so that's the first thing. I talk an awful lot about getting parents to set standards regarding respect. It's huge. It's, a bi it's the biggest problem parents talk about with their teens. The second thing is the culture. Any parent who wants to raise a God-seeking kid is going to go up against a culture who does not think like that. It's that simple. And often, even your own social circle will look at you and say, what are you doing? Your kid doesn't have a smartphone? Oh my gosh, she's 14. What are you doing? What? You don't let her, you don't let her watch that? 
Why? They all watch that now. That's what kids do now. Parents are going to get bombarded with second-guessing and questions, oftentimes from their own family. So in the book, I deal with how do you stand strong against that kind of pressure? How do you parent confidently and not parent in fear that your kids are going to go off the rails because you're such a Neanderthal? Yeah. You know, I, I want to pick up on that point just a little more. Technology in general. So we talked about like smartphones and there's lots of screens now in our world. You know, you mentioned the the 14-year-old on the farm back 100 years ago. They they didn't have any of that. They just did what needed to be done. And they and when the when the father left home, the the 14-year-old was the man of the family. Think about a 14-year-old boy who's got screens now. Uh, they're probably not going to be the man of the family when the father leaves the home. What is technology doing to our teens, Dr. Ray? I wrote a book earlier, gentlemen, called Raising Upright Kids in an Upside-Down World. And in the book, I talked about all the ways that technology can shape who our kids are right under our nose. Mm-hmm. And what tends to happen is that because the culture is flowing in one direction, The kids get certain freedoms at certain ages way too early. If you try to go against that culture, you really have to be strong as a parent. You can't second-guess yourself. You have to say, look, we got a ton of love in this house, and we know what we're seeking. And I don't care if I'm one in a hundred parents. Gentlemen, there's an exercise I use in my office. parent comes in with a teen, giving them some trouble. I'll ask the parent. Do you want to raise an average teen who, who isn't in trouble with the law and who isn't on drugs and who gets B's and C's, or do you want to raise a one-in-a-hundred kid? And every parent so far has said, oh, I, I really like to raise a one-in-a-hundred kid. Mm-hmm. Then I challenge them. Are you prepared to be a one-in-a-hundred parent? Mm-hmm. You're going to have to recognize that, that many will not think like you. Many will not ask your kids to do the kind of chores you ask them to do. Many will allow the kind of disrespect that is supposedly normal from teenagers. And if you don't do that, you're going to get questioned and second-guessed. And the book is really aimed at giving parents the the spine, the backbone, to uh, set the standards that they want. And other. here's the thing. Your children will be the ones who shut those other people's mouths because they'll look at your kids. First of all, they'll look at you. My wife got accused of this. My wife got accused of this once. So he said, aren't you afraid of being too strict? And my wife said, well, you said my kids are good kids, right? Yes. Well, which is it? Am I too strict or do I have good kids? It can't be both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. That's a right. great point. If you're just tuning in, we're visiting with Dr. Ray Garendi. From the Doctor is in, which airs every day here on or weekdays here on Real Presence Radio. We do have to head to a top of the hour, or excuse me, a break at the bottom of the hour here, middle of the hour. What am I doing today? Somewhere in the hour. I don't know. Somewhere in the hour. This is why we're the B Squad. (laughs) So we're going to head to a break, and we're going to continue our conversation with Doctor Ray right after this. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. Daily Meditations of Pope Benedict XVI presented by Leonardo Di Filippis of St. Luke Productions. Faith transforms time. 
Time is transformed by faith. In faith, time is measured by the acts of God, whose heart is, in all his activity, turned toward man. The two great events that are central in the movement of time, according to our Christian understanding, are the birth and the resurrection of the Lord. Our Christian feasts are based on our insight into these acts of God, not on our observation of the movement of the planets. The constant return of these feasts is not an eternally repeated cycle, but the expression of God's inexhaustible love of which we are made aware by an act of memory. Unlike the beginning of the civil year, the Christian beginning, Christmas, has a very special newness. It offers us again and again the opportunity to return to the goodness of the God who became man, in that goodness to become a child again, and in it to live a new life. When he became a living part of our history, the dark mystery of our own birth was completed, and our beginning, until then situated uneasily between blessing and curse, became a blessing. God's creation does not come to nothing. It is always moving toward the resurrection. In the midst of passing time, there is always a new beginning. This new beginning is eternal love. This meditation is taken from Benedictus, published by Ignatius Press and Magnificat, and produced by St. Luke Productions. Learn more at stlukeproductions.com. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to The Doctor Is In. Now, that's not right. That's not right. This is Real Presence Live, but The Doctor Is In in this segment because we have Dr. Ray Grendy on, who is host of The Doctor Is In, which airs weekdays here on Real Presence Radio. Now, uh... Dr. Ray, uh, we, we had a bunch of uh, parents call in over the break, and they're like, listen, that Dr. Gallardi guy, he doesn't know what it's like to be a parent in today's day and age, and uh, I think you need to tell him that and see what he has to say about that. Well, you know I have 10 children, and at one time, seven of them were teenagers, <laughs> and... My wife and I, of course, got into a parent protection program where they <laughs> relocated us in Montana, and we went off the grid. Um, so in, in that sense, that many children is great for tax deductions, but it's also great for good examples for a book. Yeah. <laughs> the business move. Oh, I love it. Exactly. You know, uh, before the break, we, we were talking a little bit about um, just parents standing strong and, and having a backbone. Uh, we see a lot of teens, though, in, in the teenage years, they begin to they, they really test those boundaries, right? They, they struggle with the discipline. They, they struggle with setting and, and meeting goals. They might even struggle with their own self-worth and, and knowing who they are uh, because it's, it's a very difficult time as our bodies are changing. We're trying to figure out where the Lord is leading us. Uh, what advice would you have for parents on those fronts? Well, the first thing, you can't parent in fear. You can't make a good judgment, in your opinion as a parent, you know your kid better than anybody else, you can't make a judgment about something that's in their welfare and then question yourself and wonder if seven years from now they're going to be on Springer. You can't parent like that. 
Mm-hmm. If you parent like that, you might as well just give them the keys to the car and hope they don't charge you too much rent for living in your house. <laughs> That's the first thing. The second thing is, yes, there are all kinds of forces now in our culture that were never, ever in any culture in human history able to enter your house like a fog coming underneath your doors and shaping who your kid is and how he thinks. Now, you can't protect them from all that. You know, that's the standard expert mantra. You can't protect them forever. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to protect them forever. But what you do want to do is you want to keep their innocence a little while longer. You don't want some eight-year-old worldly kid. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's the second thing. Now, I've always said this to parents. If your kid goes astray, you want it to be because he had to go through you, not because you stepped aside. Yes. Yeah, I think that's really important. I, I'm curious to know about the, the mental health thing, because it seem, seems like, especially teenagers today, have a lot more mental health struggles. Uh, the, there's more bullying and, and different things like that happen. Like, How do parents help navigate that, especially if their kids aren't being homeschooled, they're going to a public school, they're going to a private school, a Catholic school? Well, let's look at who's listening to you. Most of the people listening to you who are raising kids of that age are trying to be faithful Catholics. They want to raise a kid who seeks God. They don't want to just raise a kid not on drugs. So, given that, they're going to have to face a lot of questions regarding freedom. Their kids are going to look around and say, those other kids, all of my friends have more freedom than I do. All of my friends are allowed to do more than I'm allowed to do. Uh, and you're making me mad, Mom and Dad, and I'm getting resentful, and I'm going to try to get sneaky. Those are things parents have to be prepared for, but if you're prepared for them, you can deal with them. You can know. For example, a parent will say to me, well, I gave her a smartphone when she was 12, one of the worst mistakes I ever made. I just found out she's been sexting her boyfriend. Mm. How long, Dr. Ray, do you think I should take that smartphone for? And I'll say, that's not the question. The question is not how long do you take the smartphone. The question is, is she trustworthy enough to have a smartphone in the first place? Yes. She's, she's already shown she's not. So now what do you do? Well, if I take that phone, she'll go crazy. She'll go absolutely insane. Well, okay, then you got to decide. Are you going to let her misuse that smartphone? Or are you going to make that decision recognizing that there could be hell to pay for a while, but in the long run, as the parent, you've got to make that judgment. The judgments are tougher, but you've got to make them. Amen. And in the end, in the end, in a good, strong, loving home, you'll win. I always tell this to parents, especially to fathers. When your standards are high, when your kid clearly looks at you and says, boy, oh boy, you are raising me different than my peers. You better be one affectionate dad. Mm-hmm. You don't let the kids determine what kind of affection you're going to be allowed to give them in public. My son, when he was 17, played basketball at a local high school. Before the games, I'd go down. And right there in front of everybody, I'd hug that boy. Mm-hmm. And I'd give him a kiss on the cheek. And I encouraged him. I gave him, yeah, you know, when you're a psychologist, you've got to be positive. I said, Petey, try not to stink the joint out. <laughs> he laughed. And I'd laugh, and I said to him, I said, hey, Pete, does that embarrass you? 
He said, would it make any difference if it did that? I said, no, no, it wouldn't. He told me later. He came up to me and he said, I had a couple of my teammates say, I wish my dad would do that. Wow. wow. Yeah, really so you, you got high standards. You better be loving as all get out. Yeah, I want to echo that. I, I mean, I've found with, with my 14-year-old daughter, you know, she's got, she's got a lot of body changes going on, hormones that she's trying to learn how to deal with and all that stuff. And she'll, you know, she and my wife at times can butt heads because they both kind of got stronger personalities. But um, I found that, like, a lot of times what she needs is for me to just go up and give her a hug. Like when she's just kind of melting down or she's overwhelmed with the Your wife? work. No, well, yeah, my wife too. <laughs> <laughs> but, but my daughter, she just, she just melts in my arms Wait. when I do that. Uh, well, when there's she, a certain amount of emotionality that can come with those years, especially yeah. with girls. Yeah. That's, very, that's very much the case. And you recognize that. You don't panic. But at the same time, let's say she's melting down, but she's also being nasty to her mom. Now, okay, do the hugging. Mm-hmm. But also do something about the nastiness. Yep, yep, absolutely. Yep, and then we'll have the you know we need to go apologize and that sort of thing. And and so I just it's been surprising because it's not necessarily intuitive for me. Like my my natural inclination is to try to crush the resistance, you know. Um, but to, to in those sort of moments to to show her like look I, I love you. Um, she just really responds, and it's it's been a really awesome thing. Well, you know what the difference is. Okay, the diff- I just walked into my office and somebody left the toilet running. There we go. Okay. The difference is this. At that moment, as a dad, you said, I think the best move here is to give this little one a hug. Mm-hmm. You didn't second guess yourself. You didn't say, well, is that the way I should have handled it? I don't know. Well, I'll go look at the book and see what it says on the formula when you got a 14-year-old girl melting down. You didn't do that. You just said, I'm dad. This is my judgment. This is what I think I'm going to do. Yeah. I'm a loving father. I'm not going to mess up her psyche. And you just did it. There's, mm. see, there's, there's so little of that in parenting anymore. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, Dr. Ray, these teenage years, a lot of parents dread them. They, they, they do not look forward to the teenage years. But how can parents actually enjoy this and, and, and grow with their children and, and have these be memorable moments instead of like moments that they want to forget? Well, the first thing you got to do is you have to really establish what your operating rules are. Anybody listening to you, I got to believe, is a loving parent. Who's going to listen to Catholic radio if they're not trying to be a loving parent or grandparent, okay? These are not generally people who say, boy, I hate being a parent. I'd like to just kick my kid out right now. If that's the case, then what's happened is it kind of got spun out of control. But most of your audience is loving people. So given that, if there's any weakness in their parenting... It is the strength to, to stand their ground, to stand strong. That's what I tell parents. First, you've got to stand strong. You've got to know what your standards are. You've got to enforce them in the context of love. And the second thing is you're going to have to be a lot more vigilant about your child's contacts, whether they're peers, whether they're the media, music, whatever it is. Typically, parents will say to me, you know, I let my nine-year-old go on a sleepover with a lady from church who has a daughter the same age. And, you know, I, I thought they had the same standards we did. I can't believe the movies that the mom put on for the kids. I'll say, that's right, because you, you can't just assume people think like you anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, that's a really important point. A couple minutes left here, Dr. Ray. We want to make sure this book that we've been talking about, we haven't just been talking about teenagers. There's actually a book that's coming out soon. Where can our listeners get that, and when is it coming out? It should be released, if not now, probably within any day. Mm. Uh, you can get it through your local Catholic bookstore. You can get it through EW10. You can go to my website, drray.com. You can get it there. It's it's signed there. So mm, Excellent. By the way, gentlemen, as an aside, as we talked about before the show, we're really hoping to talk to the folks there at Real Presence and uh, bring the TV show into town and do some tapings there. That would be superb. Yeah, that'd be great. I know uh, I'd be in the audience. My wife would be in the audience because she has lots of questions on a daily <laughs> basis for you, saying, I wonder what Dr. Ray would do. Well, bring your two-year-old because... Um, the, because we have a lot of change. So we <laughs> Just sitting out in, in bowls. Huh? Yeah, you, you know, I was going to say, uh, while, while we were on the air here, I got a call from my two-year-old, and she's like, hey, I really liked, like this Dr. Way guy, Way, because she can't say ours. Uh, and she informed me that when I walk in the door when I get back home tonight, she's going to have her hand out looking for her allowance uh, increase. So thanks for that, Dr. Ray. I really appreciate it. Just tell her, can't you eat M&M's like every other little thing? <laughs> exactly. All right, so about a minute left. Any final thoughts that you'd have for our listeners this morning? If you're going to raise a 1 in 100 kid, you're going to be very different from the average parent. Mm. That's the way it's going to be. That's the rule. But I will tell you this. I have seen many more 1 in 100 parents truly enjoy their kids than those parents who are parenting according to the flow of the culture. Mm. Amen to that. I, I absolutely love it. And, and I agree with, you know, one of the things that you said earlier, I just want to echo it once again. I think men, you need to be involved. You need to be involved in your children's lives. You need to, we can't just delegate this or relegate this to the mom's job that she's the one governing and guiding the kids. We have profound influence in our children and we have to really take up the banner and, uh, and be engaged as fathers. You know, that's where one of the signs of the scriptures is I will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and children to their fathers. So, Well, Dr. Ray, thanks for being on with us. For our listeners, that book, again, is Standing Strong, Good Discipline Makes Great Teens. Standing Strong, Good Discipline Makes Great Teens. That book will be out any day. If it's not out now, just check your local Catholic bookstore. And be sure to tune in to Dr. Ray coming up at noon central today. 11 Mountain Time, for more great advice for parents. Dr. Ray, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much. Appreciate it, man. All righty. God bless you. When we return, we're going to be talking about St. Joseph and how that relates to the Christmas season with his gifts as a carpenter. We'll fill in the blanks when Real Presence Live continues right after this. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. For centuries, healthcare has been central to the healing ministry of the church. Today's technologies offer exciting possibilities, but also serious moral questions. More than ever, we need healthcare leaders who serve with integrity and conviction. The University of Mary answers the call to prepare leaders anchored in moral courage in a breathtaking range of programs from bioethics to nursing. Visit catholicprofessional.life. This is Lavinia Spirito for Catholic Way Bible Study. In Luke 5, Jesus invites Peter, weary from a night of fruitless fishing, back out onto the Sea of Galilee to cast his nets one more time and trust Jesus for the results. 
To cast into the deep is to let go of our own opinions, desires, and the way things or people should be. To cast into the deep, even where we have already fished with no results, is to let go of independence, autonomy, and self-determination. The sooner we realize that our beloved is holding us in his hands, the sooner we can get about the business of doing our Father's will, the sooner we will become disciples. Proverbs sums up this great secret lesson learned by the saints. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Let go and trust the Lord to direct your activities and your life. He knows what he's doing. Catholic Way Bible Study. Peace, power, purpose. Find out more at cwbs.org. Did you know you can listen to Real Presence Live anytime on any podcast platform? Just search for Real Presence Radio on platforms such as Spotify, Apple Music, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and on the Real Presence Radio website. Then subscribe so you don't miss any future shows. If you like what you hear, give us a good rating so other people can find us as well. Real Presence Radio, your family of faith and hope.